0: is real. There's power in Your name. We find hope when we trust in Your ways. We believe Jesus is real.
1: Since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, I love that. He's like, look, since we have so many examples of people who followed after God. And this comes right on the heels of Hebrews chapter 11, that great hall of faith. This person did this, and this person did this. We have this great cloud of witnesses. Now, how much more so for you and I, 2,000 years after Jesus. We have 2,000 years of testimony and history of men and women of God who took crazy steps of faith.
0: Acting in faith is hard. It requires courage in spite of feeling inadequate. And trust that your Savior will do as he's promised. Today, Pastor Daniel will share, though, that you're not alone. You have numerous stories of people walking in faith, despite not having a guarantee. These people's stories are meant to be an encouragement to you as you too step into Jesus' story for your life. Let their courage fuel yours and give it your all. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Matthew chapter 13 as he continues his message five short stories.
1: everybody wants to be recognized and get all the opportunities when they're not willing to be will i be faithful and trust god in the little things. And I think it's so countercultural. Now, what's amazing is as this pops up also the same idea in Zechariah chapter 4 verse 10 where it says, "For who has despised the days of small things?" Now, in context in the book of Zechariah, This was spoken to Zerubbabel and the generation that came back from Babylonian exile. Now remember, Nebuchadnezzar had completely destroyed Jerusalem and the temple. And so this first generation that comes on back, they begin to rebuild the temple and they're discouraged almost right away. Because not only is everything in shambles, they're getting pressure from the outside. The Samaritans are trying not to get them to rebuild. They're having all these issues and the people are struggling. And then the Lord raised up Zechariah and says, hey, um, don't despise the days of small things. What's amazing is, is later on when they finally got that temple built, the people who remembered the first temple, they were weeping. they were like, this is not even close to as beautiful as Solomon's temple. And then God raised up another prophet who told them the latter glory will be greater than the former glory. Why? Because... The temple that was rebuilt under Zerubbabel and those leaders was the temple that Jesus walked into. Jesus, the fulfillment of the temple. The temple was a type and shadow of Jesus. And so the temple that was so much smaller, so much less glorious than what was before, was actually more glorious because God had a plan. But it would be so easy to despise the days of small things. Now let me ask you, brothers and sisters, how are you despising the days of small beginnings? What small things are you neglecting right now because your eyes are focused on something bigger when really God is saying, no, 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 take your eyes off of that huge thing and I want you to go small. I want you to be willing to do this small thing that seems inconsequential because really what he's saying is, is this is how my kingdom works. My kingdom works because through small things, I can do enormous things. And this is a biblical principle from cover to cover. See, because it's not about what the small thing, it's about the big God who is on the other end of that small thing. That God who wants to speak to us, who says, look, I have things that I want to do in your life, but we wouldn't have known it unless we set ourselves apart to find this thing out. I mean, you look at, here's a great example of this. You want to make sure you leave the legacy you want. You need to begin with your eulogy. What do you want people to say about you when you're gone? See, because here's the thing. If you think at my funeral, at my, the celebration of life in the best case scenario, what do I want my kids to say about me? I guarantee you don't want your kids to say, my dad, you know, he probably would have been a good dad if he wasn't stressed so often yelling at the TV at a football game. I'm pretty sure that's not the testimony you want on your deathbed. Like he really loved the Seahawks, but didn't really love us that much. You know, like that would be a pretty lousy testimony. But guess what? Some of you dads, that's your kid's testimony of your life right now. But you haven't thought about what are they going to say about Now, I'm not knocking the Seahawks, even though I am a Giants fan. That's a different discussion. <laughs> I just threw the gauntlet down just like that. No one's here to hear the rest of the message. I'm going to bring you back. Pretend like I didn't say it. Rewind the tape, strike it. I didn't say it. <laughs> but you have to say, like if you want your kids to say, my mom was such a kind woman, then you have to decide to be kind to your kids today. Whatever you want them to say about you at the end, you have to start today and do small things today. See, because we love big impact, nobody wants to start small. They asked uh, Teresa of Calcutta, who's more commonly known as Mother Teresa. Now, putting theology aside, people would ask Mother Teresa, and obviously this is a woman who had tremendous impact. They said, well, I, you know, how should I go about feeding 100 people? She said, you should just start with just one. And there's such wisdom in that. And brothers and sisters, here's my encouragement. I want you to go small. Be willing to do small things, knowing that a small thing like a mustard seed, a small thing like some yeast can have an enormous impact. And if you think about from the Bible, Jesus never left Israel. I mean, he chose these 12 apostles who had almost no training other than three years with him. They weren't credentialed. They weren't all that in a bag of chips with a website, you know, petertheapostle.com, you know. None of that. And in one generation, this little ragtag group of people turned their Roman Empire right side up because God can use small things to have an enormous impact. Don't neglect the small things that are right in front of you. Be okay with it being small. Do it as under the Lord and be faithful and see what he wants to do. Now, to get into the next one, so we have these small things can have an enormous impact. Now, if you go on down to verse 44, we'll see our next two stories, these short stories, but they have, again, the exact same idea for them. It says, verse 44, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid, and for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has, and he buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had, and he bought it. Now, the big idea is this, is that you and I need to learn how to go all in when you find it. You need to go all in when you find it. Both of these stories, the story of the treasure hidden in the field and the story of the pearl with the great price, tell the exact same thing. In one case, there's a man, he's working in a field, and as he's digging in this field, he ends up coming upon some treasure that's buried. Now, according to rabbinical law of that day, if he would have dug that treasure out and lifted it out, it was automatically the property of the landowner, but as long as it stays in the ground... You know, it's still that land, but he can buy it, and then he gets the land and the treasure. So this guy's like, man, I found something. This is going to be awesome. So he goes, he sells everything he has. Doesn't so He unloads everything he has so he can buy that field so that he can get the treasure that's hidden in the field. In the same way, the merchant, this merchant, their job was to go find pearls. And he's going around, going around. He finds this one pearl of great price, the most gorgeous, amazing pearl he's ever seen. And what does he do? He goes, he sells everything he has, To buy that one pearl. So you see what's going on here. In each case somebody finds something. That is of such supreme value. That they sell everything. So they can attain that one thing. And brothers and sisters guess what. You and I need to learn this principle. We need to learn how to go. All in when we find it. Now why do I think that this is important. Because we live in a day and age. That has hashtag FOMO. Fear of missing out right? And so what we have is we live in a day and age where nobody goes all in on anything anymore, right? Because God forbid something else comes up, and if I'm all in on this, I can't do that. And so every relationship is non-committal. Or if you are in it, you're really only half in it, but you're still playing the field with the rest of your time, right? It's like any sort of calling. We kind of go into a calling, but it's not wise to put all your eggs in one basket. And so what you end up with is you end up with a world full of people who are not caring really about anything except themselves and hoping they don't miss out on anything. But here's what I'm going to tell you. You Know what the problem with fear of missing out is? Is that when you live your life that way, you actually miss out on the life you were supposed to have. And this is what this generation is doing right now. And I'm not just saying one, like a younger generation. This is an age, this is the entire culture in the West. We are living passionless lives because nobody wants to go all the way in, but Jesus lived completely different. Jesus doesn't want you to play the field half the time. Jesus doesn't want you to live your life where you're kind of in this, you're kind of in that, and I do this thing, this thing, and you you go to your LinkedIn page. It's got 97 things on your LinkedIn page because you can't figure out what you want to do with life. That is not the life you're supposed to live. God wants you and I to go all the way in once you find that thing that you're supposed to be doing. And I think that this is a hard thing in a world full of options, but it is a biblical thing. Why? It's exactly what Jesus did. Did Jesus like, well, listen, I'm going to be part-time the Messiah, but I'm also going to sell a little real estate. I'm going to have a a little arts and crafts business, and I'm going to like do MP3s on the side of my favorite dubstep music or whatever. (laughs) Well, the apostle Paul made tents. He made tents so that he can be about God's kingdom. It was a focus, and the tent-making was a means to the focus. But brothers, and sisters, how many of us, we have no clue what we're supposed to be doing in this life because we're scared of making a commitment and going in one direction. I'm here to tell you, I believe that God wants us to, when we find the thing that we're called to, to go all the way in, to push all our chips in there. Listen to the writer of the Hebrews, chapter 12, verses one and two. It says it this way. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, the writer of the Hebrews in verse 1 exhorts the church, but he grounds it in Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Notice that the author and finisher, that speaks of Jesus being all in, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and now sat down at the right hand of the father. See, Jesus is a perfect example of these two parables. For the joy that was set before, what was the joy that was set before Jesus? It was God's glory at the redemption of a fallen humanity. That's what Jesus had in front of him. And because of that, he went all the way in right? And he lived perfectly, always doing those things that pleased his father. And he died on the cross. He took the sin and the shame of the entire world on himself. And so he was willing to endure. He was willing to despise the shame of being crucified, like a common criminal in the Roman empire. He did that for a reason. And if Jesus has done that, then the writer of the Hebrews is saying, listen, we should be the same. If you go back to verse one, Therefore, we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, I love that. He's like, look, since we have so many examples of people who followed after God, and this comes right on the heels of Hebrews chapter 11, that great hall of faith. This person did this, and this person did this. We have this great cloud of witnesses. Now, how much more so for you and I, 2,000 years after Jesus. We have 2,000 years of testimony and history of men and women of God who took crazy steps of faith. Since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of so many people who have experienced the reality of God in their circumstances and changed the world, since we have so great a cloud of wind, let us lay aside every weight and every sin that ensnares us, that we might run with endurance the race that is set in front of us. Listen to this. If you're running a competitive race, do you ever want to be carrying more weight than you're supposed to? Now, unless, of course, you're a CrossFitter and everyone's carrying extra weight because you're gluttons for punishment. Like, if you're running away, you want to be as aerodynamic as possible. You want the lightest shoes, right? You don't even want any hair on your legs, so I've been told, because God forbid it slows you down like a millisecond, right? And so people go all crazy. They're running, and you know, it's like, I need to get a haircut if I wanted to run a race. You know, that's why I don't run. But but like for those, of, for, for people who are running, you don't want anything to hold you back. And here's the question, what's holding you back from running your race with Jesus with endurance? What do what you try to drag with you on? Maybe it's not oh, that bad relationship. You know, it's not from the Lord. You know, it's not from the Lord, but you're dragging, you're trying to run that race to win the prize, but you know, it's not, it's wrong, but you're doing it. Maybe it's, there's some habit of life, some sin lifestyle that you're so used to doing and you know it's keeping you from running that race. That you are carrying this big thing for no reason. Listen, lay that weight aside. Why? Because this race is important. It's so important that we're supposed to go all in on it. So what's holding you back, my friends? What is the stuff that is holding you back from running that race all in? Now, can we be honest here for a second? No matter if you've been walking with Jesus for decades, or if you're going to put your faith and trust in Jesus here today, can we just be honest? All of us have some stuff that holds us back, right? And that includes me. I'm I'm not preaching down on anyone, although I'm standing up here and you guys are are, down. Some of us are the same height still. That's a different discussion. You know, it's like, what's holding you back? Listen, when you go all in, you lay aside the stuff that's holding you back. And I think for a lot of us, we have to learn how to step past stuff. We have to learn to say, look, that used to be my life. That used to be who I was. That used to be how I live. But not anymore. Why? Because I'm going all in. I'm going all in. And I try and imagine what it would be like if all of us went all in with Jesus. Like, there wasn't like, I'm kind of in. But we were like, I'm really all in. I often wonder what would happen. Could you imagine the impact that we could have on this world if it wasn't like I'm kinda in, but I kinda'm not in. I do it, but I don't really do it all the way. And I start to think about all that ills our culture and our world. And I think to myself, I wonder how many of my brothers and sisters at crossroads are not all the way in with Jesus for fear of missing out on some something that's completely temporal. Carnal, worldly, and absolutely not eternal. Brothers and sisters, we need to push all the way in with Jesus. He went all the way in with you, right? He put it all on the line his entire life. And then he invites each one of us to respond to that kind of living with a little bit of unreasonable living. I think that's one of the big problems today. Everyone wants to be too reasonable today. I think the church needs to find its unreasonableness, where we're willing to say, I'm all the way in with Jesus because he died for me. And I think that that's an important step, because I know there's a lot of us right now, you're like, yeah, I totally got to step past that thing. Whatever that is, just make a mental note of it and step past it. Go all the way in because you found something of more value than a treasure hidden in a field or a pearl of great price. You have God's only begotten son, Jesus of Nazareth. The Apostle Paul got this. Listen to the Apostle Paul. This is Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 to 11. Now, I'll be honest with you. These words are like my fight song words. You know what I mean? I don't really have like fight songs you know, even though I know there's popular ones out today or you know, my my daughter loves this girl is on fire and she's like, This girl is on fire you know. This is my this girl is on fire verse right here. Or whatever. Philippians three, seven to eleven. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. Yet, indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I suffer the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having my own righteousness which is from the law but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness which is from God by faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death if by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead hear what the apostle Paul is saying the apostle Paul is saying listen the things that were gained to me my heritage as being of the tribe of benjamin being a pharisee of the pharisees being circumcised all these things i count them as loss that i may gain something even more excellent who jesus is he says and i love this because he says i've even suffered all these things but notice i count them as rubbish now how many of you are like to read the king james bible what's the word rubbish in the king james bible dung d-u-n-g now that's an old word that we don't use anymore but i want you to insert for rubbish or dung your favorite non-sinful word for what that means right he's like look all the stuff that i laid aside even all the sufferings i counted as something worthy to be flushed down the toilet that i may have something greater Something greater than a pearl of great price. Something greater than a treasure hidden in the field. What? That I may gain Christ and be found in him. He's saying, look, I found something so powerful. I get Jesus to be a part of my life. That I might be found in him. Not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, which was the apostle Paul's boast. He did all these things right. He's like, no, no. That I may have the righteousness that comes from my faith in Jesus. And that I may be worthy to attain to the resurrection of the dead. Brothers and sisters, you have found what you are looking for, and it's Jesus. And brothers and sisters, we need to go all in. Listen, whatever it is that's holding you back, it's time to count it as, insert your favorite word that you flushed down the toilet. And step past it into something even better, something greater. Don't have fear. Listen, your fear of missing out should be fear of missing out all that Jesus wants to do in and through your life. That should be the thing you fear missing out on that, Lord, I do not want to miss anything that you want to do in and through my life. Not one thing. And then we have one final story. Look what it says in verse 47. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered some of every kind, which when it was full, they drew to shore and they sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but threw the bad away. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come forth, separate the wicked from among the just, and cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. So here's the big idea. You need to make sure that you're right. You need to make sure that you're right. And you might be saying, okay, so how did you get that from that parable? Let me explain it to you. But you need to make sure that you're right. So this is the parable of a dragnet. Now, a dragnet is not a detective show from the 1970s, although that was dragnet right? A drag, net, it's a net that you drag. Really what was a large net that would go between two boats and they would go out through the sea and they would collect fish in it. Or it was one boat and it would be anchored to like a pillar that was near the shore. And they would drive out and around and they would collect all the things in. And then when the net came to the shore, they would separate out the good fish that they could use from either fish that were all mangled up or disease or any sort of garbage that they would find. And so the stuff that was good, they'd put into vessels, but the stuff that was bad, they would discard. And then Jesus interprets it by saying, and obviously this is completely unpopular in 21st century America, verse 49. And so it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come forth and will separate the wicked from among the just and cast the wicked into the furnace of fire and they will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. So this final... Legend, this final parable, this final story, once again, we've seen this a lot in Jesus' parables, haven't we? Where this thing points to the final judgment. And I realize it's not popular. I just talked to someone recently, like, yeah, just that whole judgment thing. I mean, like, what's up with that? I'm like, well, the reason you don't like the judgment is you actually have too low a view of your own life.
0: Jesus is. Today, Pastor Daniel shared some of Jesus' shorter parables, teaching basic truths of what following Jesus is all about. The small things that you're doing for the kingdom are just as important as the grander things. So don't be afraid to go all in with your efforts to share God's perfect love with the world. Judgment is coming one day. So now is the time to make an impact in people's lives and maybe change them forever. Jesus is Real Radio is the radio ministry of Daniel
1: Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. The messages that you hear each day here on Jesus is Real Radio were produced from messages that Pastor Daniel shared on Sunday mornings and the midweek study. It's our prayer that this teaching from God's Word blessed and encouraged you in your walk with Jesus Christ.
0: Thanks for joining us today for Jesus is Real Radio. Hey, I wanted to remind you that each day on Facebook, Pastor Daniel shares a simple two-minute message. In this message, Pastor Daniel draws out an important biblical truth that really helps set your day on the right path. So be sure to follow Pastor Daniel Fusco on Facebook and share these two-minute messages with your friends and family. Today's teaching concluded Pastor Daniel's Legends series, a deeper look at the significant parables shared by Jesus in his time on earth. These lessons he shared are timeless and applicable to any culture at any time. We hope you've learned more about your walk as a person of faith, your relationship with Jesus, and your part in the kingdom of God. Jesus is inviting you into something special. Are you ready to jump in? Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus is Real Radio.